This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. It's spring and there are so many flowers blooming. This brings up the thought of spring cleaning to allow for new growth. With Ayurveda, I have an expanded perspective on this phrase, that it could have a meaning beyond the obvious. What if our spring cleaning included cleaning up the state of our mind? That's an interesting place to start. Though, ideally, our daily practices, our daily living would keep things current so that Annual cleansing would be in a preventive way only. But with with a, a daily sattvic practice, Ayurveda and yoga are a stable foundation for living. So as we practice awareness of our thoughts, we can take the next step with conscious actions in the desired direction. As we clear internal clutter and struggle from the mind, we can experience sattva, balance and harmony and move toward a state of yoga, the union of our body, mind, and spirit. Then we transform. Let's talk about something that seems prevalent in many people's lives today. Overwhelm. It's so common in conversations, especially with younger people. When I met you, I identified myself as easily overwhelmed. And you were the first person who suggested that I could step out of overwhelm. At first, hearing that made my eyes twirl. I thought overwhelm was a normal part of being an adult. Hearing that challenged the crossed wires in my brain, and it took me a while to finally see that it was actually possible to live life differently. And I now live my life so that I don't go to feeling overwhelmed. Talking about overwhelm really seems to be fashionable these days. It seems to have become a normal state of mind in modern living. But that doesn't mean it's natural. It stems from the belief that we have to do everything at once. And this is wrong thinking that can and needs to be corrected with the change in our perspective. You could say it's our inability to shift from a broad macro perspective to a focused micro perspective in life. Going between the big picture and the next step that's right in front of us. Anxiousness and overwhelm are not permanent aspects of personality, but a lot of people seem to take it on that way. It's a game that we can step out of. What do you mean by a game? That belief that we have to do everything at once is a lie. In modern living, we've bought into a lie that faster is better, and we can't do everything at once. It's impossible. And we feed that lie by behaving as if we should be able to do everything at once. Then we make choices that move us further away from our true self. We become identified with other people in the outside world. We become unhappy. And this is all rather than having a sense of our true self. As a result, we live in a manner that misuses the indriyas, or our senses, 
excesses in noise, what we look at, and everything we expose ourselves to all has an effect on our senses. Sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. And all of that results in imbalanced agni, our digestive fire. Then dealing with life becomes really difficult since agni is about digesting life as well as food. And all of this leads to symptoms that can become debilitating to the body and it distorts our mind. Our ojas, which is our vitality, our immunity, and our blissfulness, becomes depleted since agni is a main component of ojas. All of this moves us away from health and harmony and toward disease. So the game is of the lower ego, the part of us that wants to separate ourselves and be only self-seeking, as if we're the only one on the planet. As we play this game, we cycle through feeling not okay, and then maybe feeling okay, and then not okay again. Stepping out of this and turning our lives in the direction of sattva allows us to be present in life and allows us to have some peace and serenity. Mm. Many people say, but the reality of my situation is that I have all these things to do. Yes, and they can't all be done at once, so no need to look at it that way. This skewed perspective comes from thinking that more and faster is better. You know, I always say, it's a good thing if we have many things to do in front of us, right? Because it means that we still have have life, we still have a business, we still have something to do. Consider the reality that everything happens in divine time with many factors coming together as part of that divine timing. Think about that in your life. How many times something maybe got delayed and it seemed like such a problem, and yet other things came together that made it even better. We're here to be happy, joyous, and free. Not stressed out trying to prove ourselves or compete with everything and everyone around us. Competition and proving ourselves are behaviors that feed the overwhelm. But trusting the universe doesn't mean we can just sit around and wait for everything to get done. We have an important role in life, and that's to do the next right thing. Keep responding to what comes back and enjoy each moment in that process. We have to take action as part of the whole, knowing that we're not the only player and that we do have a contribution to make. That's it. It's that simple. The process of life works this way. Action, response, action, and response. Life unfolds with greater ease and success than when we rush or try to control or force things. This is something we all need to embody. Our true value in life is not based in what or how much we do. Now I know most of you have probably heard that before. But we really need to learn to touch that part of ourselves so that we can come to know it and live from there. And doing more doesn't make us happy. All of this is a distraction from our feelings of emptiness that stem from living life without a depth of meaning. You know, living life on the surface with an external orientation keeps us easily influenced by every single thing that happens on the outside. And there's so many things on the outside these days that promote fear. And 
all of this then contributes to imbalancing the doshas in us, and particularly vata dosha, the air and the ethers, the lighter part of us. And then that disturbs our agni, which makes it difficult for us to not only digest food, but then we don't digest life. And then it's not much fun. And it also takes us toward disease. And validating the feelings of overwhelm brings even more imbalance. It does make sense that more people are feeling overwhelmed when we look at the vata imbalancing factors in our daily lives. For example, more time in cars, trains, and planes, as well as exposure to electronics. All of that increases vata, which will result in increased anxiousness and fear. The superwoman and superman role have really become the norm. And they also contribute to imbalanced thinking about how much we can or should do. In the past, it seemed people didn't think they had to do and know everything. You know, it really just cultivates a big ego that covers up insecurity from our lack of connection, from our lack of connection to our higher self. More and more now it seems people think this way. It's detrimental to the health of the individual and to society for a number of reasons. It cultivates disconnection from ourselves. It promotes ego that interferes in our relationships. It increases fear And then we push our children into demanding social roles at really young ages, and often without adequate guidance that's necessary for them to know how to navigate through life. It seems parents experience excess stress trying to balance the roles of nurturer and provider. Parenthood can be a growing and enjoyable time of life. I've seen it. It doesn't have to just be stress. It's a great opportunity to cultivate spiritual connection. The responsibility that a couple has, of course, changes with children. This may seem obvious, but many people don't think it through thoroughly. There's some tendency to think it will be just an addition to life, rather than a complete overhaul. However, that doesn't inherently cause stress. It goes back to trying to do too much that creates the stress and feelings of overwhelm and unmanageability. In other words, we think we can keep doing our lives the way we were doing it and then add something else as significant as having children. Then this is the guidance we're providing to our children. They learn by watching us as parents. Then children either rebel and avoid responsibility because it doesn't look very attractive to them based on the way that we're living. And then sometimes they take on an exaggerated idea that doing more is what they need to do. So we're meant to be the example and inspiration for all of our young people. So let's do that. Hmm. I remember my siblings and I each got to choose one after-school activity to do each year, and that felt like plenty. And now I hear children who have three or more activities, and I wonder how they keep up with all that and how much sleep they get. You know, if we think our children have to go out every night or participate or three or four activities in a week, It's part of this overwhelm epidemic. Children are in the kapha time of life, uh, and they need to be getting plenty of sleep because they're growing. They need to play freely and not be pushed or stressed excessively. Just enough challenge to allow their sattvic nature to flourish. In other words, that they have this natural state 
of grace, you could say. When life moves too quickly, rushing from one thing to the next, there's no peace or joy. And the ability to establish a strong sense of self and that connection to their higher self. And then we move away from sattva. Rajas is activity and stimulation, which leads to disturbance. Too much rajas and the wrong kind leads us to tamas, which is darkness, dullness, and inertia. We are sattva, balance and harmony at our essence, and it is the true nature of our mind as well. So it will feel good in a peaceful way to align with sattva and not so smooth to be in rajas heading toward tamas. Children have sattva at birth. New parents can take the birth of a child as an opportunity to cultivate more sattva in themselves, which will support the balanced development of the child. When simplicity and sattva are prioritized, then everyone really feels their best. It's never too late to have a positive impact on children. We have a student who has 18-year-old twins, and she just learned about the impact her thinking and actions had on the balance of their doshas from conception through now. She had a great attitude, and rather than being ashamed or blaming herself for their imbalances, she was grateful that she realized the power of her thoughts and actions, and was enthused to go home and be a new example to them. And that's the power of Ayurveda, and why it's so helpful to take on at any point. It's never too late to change your course. Everything is realized in divine timing, and we only need to move forward in each moment. Taking responsibility for our beliefs, our thoughts, and actions changes our experience, no matter where we are in life. We don't have to play the overwhelm game, and stepping out of it is healing for ourselves, our families, and for the whole world community. Let's take a short break, and when we return, discuss how to take responsibility for our thinking and actions to step out of and stay out of overwhelm. Which will open up possibilities beyond imagination in all areas of life. If you are inspired to help people find health, balance, and vitality, Hale Pule's Ayurvedic treatment training will add a unique set of tools to your existing practice or allow you to start on a new path. In this 75-hour certification program, you'll review Ayurvedic concepts including the doshas, prana, agni, datus, mahagunas, and more, and how to incorporate these principles into Ayurvedic treatment. As well as practicing all the treatments you'll learn, you'll also receive each treatment. As a result, your professional development is grounded in your personal healing and rejuvenation. True health comes from a balanced body, mind, and spirit. Ayurvedic treatments, using the power of touch, oils, and herbs, guide everyone to reach true health. Visit halepule.com for details. We are back. We've been discussing the attitude of overwhelm and that we don't have to participate in the social drama. It could be a thing of the past. So let's talk about how to take responsibility in our thinking and actions to gain freedom from feeling overwhelmed. What we practice is what we get more of in life. 
So in other words, what we do in life is what we cultivate. To have a different experience in life, one that's free from overwhelm, we need to shift the beliefs and thoughts we entertain and the resulting actions that we take. So that would mean letting go of that notion that I have to do more and more and more and that I have to get everything done at once. When the doshas are in balance, the mind can be balanced. Everything on the planet, including us, is made up of a unique combination of the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and the ethers. The three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, each represent two elements and are responsible for various functions in the body and mind. We all have all three doshas present, all five elements. It's just in different amounts. At any point in time, we might have different amounts in us, which will then affect how we feel. Vata dosha is air and ethers. Pitta is fire and water, and kapha is the earth and water elements. When vata dosha increases to excess in us, we get anxiousness and worry and fear and many other symptoms. And then overwhelm comes right along with those. You can calm vata dosha by reducing the vata aggravating activities, food, and attitudes that you partake in. Vata dosha includes the qualities of fast and sharp. It's responsible for movement in the body and in the mind. Activities with these qualities will increase vata. So that would be things like running, watching television, looking at electronic screens, or talking too much. When we apply the principles of like attracts like and the opposite brings balance, we can decrease time spent on vata increasing activities and do things with opposite qualities instead, such as taking moderate walks in nature and practicing periods of silence each day or week. As a result, vata dosha will calm down and we don't experience those symptoms of excess. Some of the practices that calm vata are something called karnapurna, which is filling the ear canal with warm sesame oil and leaving it in for five or more minutes. Another is covering the head and the ears with a soft shawl while you're sleeping and rubbing a little oil on the fontanelle at the top of the head and the bottoms of the feet before going to sleep. In particular oil? It's nice to use sesame oil or we have special oils with herbs in them that help with sleep. So this is very good for anyone who has any difficulties with sleep, which of course is another sign of some excess vata. They take very little time to do each of these things, and their benefits are tremendous. Vata-increasing attitudes are any that involve rushing or stress. When you find yourself with these attitudes, take pause. Take at least three conscious Slow, deep breaths. Feel your feet on the ground and your body grounded to the center of the planet. Come present and then say to yourself with a smile, all is well. Vata increasing foods are light, dry, and airy. One of our Japanese students spent three years in Canada and during that time she was introduced to popcorn. Since then, she's eaten popcorn with two and sometimes three meals per day. And to say the least, her vata dosha increased significantly 
and she experienced anxiousness, excess movement of the hands and her feet, her eyes were constantly moving, and many more symptoms. And removing the popcorn eliminated most of those symptoms. So other vata-increasing foods are essentially anything that's light, dry, and airy, which would include crackers, carbonated drinks, and dry cereals. So those types of things would have similar effects. Vata dosha is also affected by the proportions of augmenting to extractive foods. Too much extractive foods with the primary taste of bitter and astringent will increase vata and often lead to constipation and gas. Vata dosha is balanced by foods cooked with high-quality oil like ghee or sesame oil and eaten warm. Raw food is not a good choice for someone with excess vata or a predominantly vata constitution. Pitta dosha also plays a part in overwhelm. When the fire element increases, we become competitive with others and with ourselves and push ourselves and typically tend to take on too much to be in control or to prove ourselves. Competitive stressful activities such as marathons or practicing yoga and excess heat promotes excess pitta. Hot, spicy food will also aggravate pitta, and it dries up vata dosha. The best way to keep pitta dosha in balance is with sweet, moderate sounds in your life. Something to think about. Pleasant things to look at and soothing activities. Practice ahimsa, which means kindness, consideration, and respect by being moderate with your body and avoid getting overheated. And that includes being out in the midday summer sun. It means you need to wear a hat to keep your head cool anytime you're in the sun. And also to avoid foods that are hot and sour or excessively salty. Cooking a little salt in the food is appropriate. Adding salt to food is not a good idea. It will aggravate pitta. Favor cooling and calming foods like coconut, and cucumber, mint, and hibiscus. Dinacharya is our daily routine. It actually means the teacher or guide of the day. This is so important in terms of health and well-being. The ungrounded modern lifestyle of rushing around and doing too much is not a part of Dinacharya, as you might guess. Waking up at the last possible moment, having coffee, running out the door, maybe a rushed breakfast while driving or walking, lunch at work in front of the computer, and then home and vegging out with the TV or computer all contribute to disconnection and discontent. This is what happens when we let the external world rule our life. It leaves no space for being our very best. To remember who we are through our connection to the source of the universe. Instead of being subject to these outside influences directing your day, set a schedule for your day, for your week and month, and then stick to it. I used to think that if I had a schedule that I was in prison, but I found out <laughs> it was exactly the opposite, and that get, having a schedule actually gave me freedom. Aggravated Vata will fight the schedule, as I did. But it will bring an inner relaxation that feels really good. And I had that experience as well. I resisted in the beginning, but great, great freedom. Be sure to include in your schedule 
adequate time for your meals. One of the most important things that we do each day. When we set a schedule, life doesn't ever have to feel overwhelming, as so many people subscribe to today. One thing I have observed with people is that they don't plan their meals in advance. Planning the meals for the week and then planning the next day, the evening before, so that you can allow the proper amount of time for preparation and cooking, it makes all the difference. You know, I've been around people and, and it's 10 minutes before they want to eat and they're standing there and nothing has been planned and, and so of course you're not going to eat on time and then there's not going to be enough time. So then not planning, it makes it very difficult to have regular meal times. A consistent, grounded routine in daily living plays a huge role in keeping vata calm, which then supports the other doshas to stay in balance because vata is responsible for movement and the other doshas don't do any of their functioning without vata, so they have to be good friends. And when vata is, is balanced, our mind works best and then we can stay connected to our heart. Having a specific dinacharya supports our agni as well. That's Agni is that energy that's available to digest life as well as food. Balanced agni helps us see the options in life to make our very best decisions. It gives us the ability to pause, step back, and look at the bigger picture for an additional perspective when it's needed. You know, I, I can all look back on my life and any time I have had some poor decisions is because I was rushing into it and I thought I had to get on to the next thing. And most importantly, Agni is the main component that feeds our ojas, which is our vitality, our immunity, and blissfulness. Can you see how this is somewhat the opposite of overwhelm? Overwhelm is like pulling the plug on our supply of ojas and just letting it drain out. Then we get sick and then we suffer. If you have big projects or jobs, break them into smaller pieces and incorporate it into your daily plan. Identify the first three steps and begin. Go on to the next step when it's time and just keep going with what's in front of you. It can be that simple. Life responds when we take action and then we respond to life. The best results come when we stay out of a reactionary mode. I started meditating when I was 33 years old because my mind was moving constantly, thinking a lot and worrying. Someone told me it would make me feel better. It was so hard in the beginning and my body was so stiff, I was miserable. And so it was off and on in the early days. But once I started asana practice, doing yoga postures, it helped my body. It helped to get the energy flowing. And as I continued meditation, and calmed the doshas, my mind gradually calmed down and the meditation got easier. Since we are holistic beings, it all works together to make a tremendous difference. A regular sattvic practice of pranayama and meditation will help calm vata dosha and it gives us the opportunity to touch a deeper part of ourselves, to cultivate that connection to our innermost self the part that is eternal and knows that all is well and we can relax into the flow of life. Even five minutes a day makes a difference. 
We like to give students hand mudras to work with as well for improving their health and calming the mind. While in meditation, and sometimes they can even be used if you're just sitting and resting and not in meditation. It can be a nice thing to practice three or more asana per day with attention to your breath and physical alignment. Conscious practice, connecting with your breath, trains you to come to your breath anytime the lower part of the mind tries to take you off track. The lower mind is the aspect that will have us go to overwhelm and be fearful and secure and full of doubt. And in asana, the yoga poses, we use the breath to master the mind so that we can use the mind to master the use of our senses. And this gives us power of choice so that we do things that make us feel good about ourselves and have the ability to turn away from things that don't, even if we think we want them. We have a library of asana on our website and also work with clients directly by Skype or FaceTime to develop a personal home practice. Other tools for preventing overwhelm are prayer, gratitude, and mantra. The more you practice new beliefs and thinking, the sooner you'll experience new behavior and have new results. Old thinking brings old results. New thinking brings new results. I think this is called the law of cause and effect. <laughs> Sounds so simple. When you notice yourself validating overwhelm by thinking it or saying it out loud, say to yourself, ah, I don't do that anymore, and turn toward one of your tools, such as a prayer or mantra, instead. Then there's the intuitive energy practice that we teach. And that's been a life-changing practice for me. And these are tools to clear energy in meditation, but also in daily life, moment by moment. We have a free 20-minute download on our website. And you can use this guided version regularly until you can easily draw on those tools in your daily life. And they help me manage my energy so I don't go to overwhelm anymore. I remember the first time I used them was when I was going into a challenging work situation. And it was tremendous, the difference that I felt in me and being able to step into that. And they also help me maintain my grounding and calm around others who are in overwhelm so that I'm not getting wrapped up in their energy. You know, at any moment we're in fear or we're in faith. Overwhelm only exists in fear and the intuitive energy practices are simple tools that shift us from fear to faith. In faith, we trust divine guidance and timing, and we can relax into life. It requires courage to allow for transformation away from old habits, especially when overwhelm and drama are a foundation we use to engage with friends or family. I had this in my family. Most of what we talked about was how overwhelmed we all were. And we would feed off each other, and it created a sense of camaraderie and, and a connection, but an unhealthy connection. Stepping out of it meant my relating would have to change, and that scared me at first. But I was encouraged to keep going, and that some relationships would fall away, and others would change. But that I would be happier as time went on. And that has been true for me. If you feel it's challenging to make these changes, even though you want to, just keep going. You'll find that fear is not who you are or who you're meant to be. Overwhelm may currently be in your comfort zone, but remember, the magic happens outside your comfort zone. 
determination and consistency with your practices will result in transformation and you'll have a new comfort zone and then another opportunity to move beyond that. Attune with your truth instead of the rush mentality of the herd. Stay present and do your best in each moment knowing that it's enough. We're meant to be happy, joyous, and free. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. If you happen to be feeling overwhelmed, choose one or two steps that we discussed today and just commit to them and go for it. When that becomes easy, add another change and keep going. And of course, if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.